You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Basket Users Group Radio Show for Monday, the 9th of May 2022. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris, and Yarra Basket Users Group Radio a weekly program about cycling, bicycles, micro-mobility and all parts in between coming to you from Naram, Melbourne from the studios, sometimes, of 3CR Community Radio and also if you listen to 3CR do you realise you can go to your favourite uh, program go to the program page at 3cr.org.au and you can also play on demand now not just podcast or streaming, there's a whole bunch of ways you can listen to 3CR with some extra options. On today's show, I'm going to be speaking to Gary Cookson from Cargo Cycles in uh, Brunswick. Not quite your normal story about, uh, or your average story about how you got started with a bicycle shop, of how he became uh, got interested in Cargo Cycles and how uh, things have developed in Melbourne and a few other interesting stories especially especially if you're really interested in carrying not just shopping but your dog as well right after the break i'm going to be chatting to gary from cargo cycles It is important to stay up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations, including your booster dose. Getting a booster means you'll increase your protection against severe disease and continue protecting your loved ones and community against COVID-19. You can get your free COVID-19 booster dose if you received your second dose of a COVID-19 vaccination at least three months ago. To book an appointment, visit australia.gov.au or call 1-800-020-080 and select 8 if you need an interpreter. Visit health.gov.au or speak to your doctor to find out when you are eligible. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. Hi there, I'm Gary, Gary Cookson. I'm the owner of Cargo Cycles. We're a shop in East Brunswick, specialising in cargo and electric bikes. We're one of the uh, earliest importers of cargo bikes in Australia. There's a few of us at the beginning, and we've seen the market grow substantially. Obviously, uh, I'd be interested in what you've seen changing the like, but also changing people's perceptions of cargo bikes. When we first started, I I got into it by accident. I had two boys and they were quite young at the time, and I was looking for a way to get them around where I didn't have to drive. And, you know, we've, we've got a car, but it was such a pain. 
Spain, living in the inner city, and I started researching it, found out about cargo bikes, and the only way to really get one at the time was become a business and start bringing them in. So that's that's what I did, and it grew from there. And when we when we first started, I was riding around with two small boys in the front of in front of a bike, and people would actively stop and point at me. It was such a novelty that people just laugh and thought it was ridiculous. And then gradually over time, and as we've offered more and more different ways to carry kids, it's just become a very normal thing. We're in East Brunswick, and I'd say the majority of our early customers were all in sort of the inner north. And there were a lot of people who were traveling with kids across from sort of Northcote down into uh, Collingwood, places like that. And suddenly they were able to do that without getting, without sitting in the in the traffic jams on Johnson Street. People got it. It was a transformative thing. What sort of bikes did you initially bring in? So the first ones we had, they were front-loading bikes, uh, the wooden box on the front, yeah. two wheelers with two kids sitting in the front. Uh, after those bikes were were quite successful, but we then started talking to Uber bikes in the US and we started bringing in their bikes and they were a real game changer so that the bike they that has been their most popular model over the years is called the Mundo and it's effectively built like a mountain bike so an older mountain bike steel frame but a big long frame 26 inch wheels and two or three kids can fit on the back we started bringing those in and people loved them and it, it became a the difference with a bike like that was that you could ride somewhere, drop your kids off at, say, you know, daycare or primary school, and then continue on your journey into the CBD. It was a much more manageable bike. After that, people got used to that. Then suddenly we started adding motors to them. So electric motors made that become a much more uh, manageable proposition, particularly when it was a smaller rider, say, sort of a female rider on carrying two large kids. Turning that into an electric bike made it a really sensible way to transport kids around. Some of those early Christiana box bikes sort of thing that you're describing, hard to steer too. You go to Denmark, they're everywhere. People have them just to do the shopping. But here, the bike paths tend to be quite narrow, particularly if you're going. They're, they're pretty good. They just take a little bit more confidence and getting used to it. We find in the shop that people come to the shop and they've got an idea of what they want. and We, we send them out on every single bike we've got, trying to front loaders, rear loaders, pretty soon they realise what's going to work for them and it, it's always a surprise for us because what, what we think they're going to like, they end up liking something else, which, which is great. So, you know, we've got a huge range of different trikes, bikes, uh, front loaders, rear loaders and they, they, they can come and spend as long as they like riding them around and really getting a feel. And obviously you've seen that the, the up taking them, uh, especially with the, you know, like your e-cargo bikes. From um, a Melbourne perspective, is there anything that you know of where there's any like uh, schemes out to help people get into like either purchasing or using e-bikes? Or is it just uh, it's at the moment it's consumer owner sort of thing? There's nothing government funded that I'm aware of. There are certainly um, a few rental and leasing arrangements going on, but they tend to add a fair bit to the cost. For most people, even the most expensive bike we sell, it's not beyond a sort of credit card and paid off over three or four months. We're not talking car money. They're certainly not cheap, but they're definitely manageable.
in terms of percentage of you know, like a family or someone needs uh, a car for transport uh, comparatively if you look at like you know what's the entry level for a new car and an entry level for a new either e-bike or e-cargo bike it's, it's a, an attractive proposition um, look, the, the entry point is about $5,000 for an e-cargo bike with us. We've got non-e-cargo bikes for $2,000, so the, the price points aren't, aren't crazy, and it, then they go up to over $10,000, depending on what they are. You, you, for that, you get kind of car-like comfort, obviously, inside a car, but you, you're getting lights that you switch on on a little dashboard that run off the battery, quality components, so... Compared to a car, it's not the end of the world if you think, well, this doesn't work for us. There's a very healthy second-hand market for them. Algorithms have become these gatekeepers to opportunity. They're already deciding who gets hired, who gets health care, how long a prison sentence someone serves. And what I didn't realize is that a lot of these algorithms haven't been vetted for accuracy. We don't even know how accurate they are. They often run on what's popular, and we all know what's popular isn't always good. And they haven't been vetted for racial bias and for gender bias. I had no idea the scope of invasive surveillance, the, the preciseness to which they can predict our behavior, and how vulnerable all of us can be to sort of predatory practices because of these algorithms. And so we need some protections in place as citizens. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Yeah, that was something that's come up in a few um, interviews that I've done in terms of resale. It's pretty good. The reason why I was bringing up the thing about you know, either there was some type of government assistance is that you know, there's lots of you know media about EVs, and also a couple of interviews back, I was talking to the Sea Change, well, with the the car, um, cargo bike lending library they've got in Canberra. So there's yeah. there's options there. Yes, the the, the le- because we supplied most of the bikes for the for that library, and um, it's been a, a really good project. They've, I mean, those bikes are getting a lot of use, and they've all, all proved to be reliable by, by the minor issue. That's been a successful little project. Nothing that I'm aware of going on in Melbourne to match it. Let's just talk some technical things about e-bike cargo bikes. What's the range, recharge, anything you need to know about if they have different type of you know, bicycle components, servicing, that sort of thing can be seen to be, like you were saying when you first started riding, there was a bit of a mystery to people why you even bothered and now it's like a very attractive thing. Yeah, what would be your you know, battery rechargement sort of things for starters? The batteries, I just liken it to a mobile phone. You, you don't have to worry about the maintenance of the electrical components, the drivetrains do, but not the electrical components. You just basically plug it in and charge it. You don't need to charge it if you're doing, say, a, you know, a 10k commute. You don't even need to charge it once a week, depending on the, the size of the battery and how much work you were making the bike do. One of the things you can do with electric cargo bikes 
you can set the level of assist on the motor so that it, it's still giving you a good workout. So if you enjoy cycling, you can put that sort of moderate power. And it kind of brings back the, the pedal experience to riding sort of a lightweight normal bike. But you're able to get a utility out of the electric bike because you, you just dial that power down and you ride it around like a, a normal bike. People don't expect that. They just kind of whack it up on full power and blast around. Do you have things like speed governors on them? Yes. So all, all of the bicycles have to comply with Australian regulations, which is, is, is more or less the same everywhere. And so it's a 250 watt maximum output, and they can't have a throttle. It's a European regulation which Australia followed. But some of the motors, like the Bosch motor, they're allowed to have peak outputs of up to sort of five or six hundred watts, as long as it isn't a continuous output. And so they're the, the most popular type, mainly because they're they're able to give you enough power to drag a heavy bike plus a rider plus two heavy children and a load of bags up a fairly steep hill. So the mid-drive bikes, so the motor in the crank, they've become the most popular, even for the most expensive, just because they just they just work so much better. Uh, could you just give a bit of a range? Are you saying it's unlimited? You can go for a week or so, or a couple well, of days or so without training? Yeah, so look, it's probably, you know, 60k realistically that you could achieve depending on depending on the bike power but if you were dialing that power down you might get 80k depending on the terrain i mean i i, I commute every day on an electric cargo bike I, my commute's about 15 minutes each way so i do that twice a day and i charge the bike once a week it's the uber spicy curry so it's a, a bosch motor and i sometimes i've got stuff strapped to the back and i've got i still i mean, I mean one of the things as well that people i think people get a little wrong with cargo bikes is that it's only for transporting children. I've got my kids are now large teenagers and my 14 year old does taekwondo and I sometimes take him down to taekwondo on the back of the cargo bike. He's nearly as tall as an adult but it's so much more convenient because you can just go straight to the door not have to worry about trying to park a car. The utility of the bikes goes on beyond just little kids. Stars. What up, this G1? This is DJ Illinois. And together we are Rebel, Rebel Diaz. And whenever we are here, we listen to 8.55 AM, 3CRD Digital, 3CR.org.au. You already know what it is. Free Radical Radio, let's go. 3CR. And it kind of leads into the next question of the, you might have referred to as um, the carry stuff Olympics. You're saying you're carrying around a 14-year-old. What could be maximum load for some of these? You know, I won't go brand by brand, but what you know in terms of people carrying stuff? Uh, look, most of the bikes, they like the Uber bikes quote a 200 kilogram kind of total load. I think it's actually, they've changed it recently. I think it's 250 
now. So that's kind of a big rider plus passengers, as long as you're not exceeding that. The bikes cope with it easily, really. A couple of small children on the back, you wouldn't even notice. When my kids were younger, they used to stand up on the back of the bike and jiggle around because they thought it was funny. And um, you know, you'd feel them wiggling around and turn around and say, sit down. But otherwise, the bike just ponders along quite happily with a lot of load on it. Everyone who works in my business, they kind of we're all kind of fans of this stuff and everything that gets done here. We we go to Bunnings and we load up stuff on a cargo bike for refurbishment in the shop. We hardly ever need to use it. We kind of just manage most of the time with bikes that we have. So, uh, any like interesting stories that you've heard from yeah you know, customers or yeah you know, people interested in buying of of what uses they've put them to? Well, look, I think the most the most common thing that we get is that how surprised people are by what they can, what, what they, they buy it as an experiment, and then they find that they don't ride any of their other bikes, and they hardly use their car. Um, that, that surprised me a lot. You know, a lot of people buy it because they, they've got an old, they, they buy a cargo bike, they've got two cars, they need two cars. They find that they add the cargo bike, and they, they sell the old car that was on its last leg, and they hard then they all use the cargo bike for everything. You know, every, every transport journey that they're doing during the week, they they use the bike for instead. And people just find that a revelation. And it, we hear it even now. You know that cargo bike has been around for a while. People go, I just, I just, it's the only bike for you. So do you reckon there's going to be like even bigger uptake because you know, people are thinking about cargo bikes in terms of you know, broader social environmental issues without kind of delving off into too much detail? Do, do you see like a bigger uptake happening? When... I think the biggest barrier to cycling in Australia is the infrastructure. I find that the St George's Road corridor where you've got that, that really good bike path up the middle of the up the middle of St George's Road, people who are commuting and able to use things like that, it makes the decision easier because they think, well, okay, I can get 90% of my journey is totally safe. So I'm happy to put the kids on the back. And this happens a lot with less confident riders. You know, they, that's the major barrier for them to actually make that decision, that, that to leave the safety of a car, to have a bike with kids on the back, they need to feel confident. You know, if you're travelling east-west in, in the inner, inner city, it's much harder. There's just less bicycle infrastructure doing that. So I think that's the biggest barrier. People would do it tomorrow, a lot of people, if, if their journeys were on safer streets. Yeah, because that's, that's the absolute, absolute paradigm we, we get caught with, you know, bicycle advocacy, is there's these really fraught conversations about between you know people who want stuff and the people who can deliver it of it's actually not much in terms of infrastructure cost to get it done but the politics i just find just a lost perspective on actually throughput of people and it's become you know the car is the dominant well actually always has been the car is the dominant uh, way to get around and bikes yeah. are seen as something other, and there's a, to, to say that there's a lot of othering going on. And you just said people would get on a bike tomorrow if the safer infrastructure was there. And look, and it's it's more than just cargo bikes. I mean, cargo bikes—they're great in that we can enable a, a person to carry their children or their stuff or their dog. You know, dogs are a, um, a real 
thing that people want to transport around as well. There's people who don't need to do all that, and an e-bike transforms that those those journeys too. So, someone who's not fit, someone who's a little older, someone who doesn't want to get sweaty, an e-bike solves that. You can ride for half an hour and not break a sweat. If you want to, the bike can do all the work for you. So that becomes a transport solution. Boobab Jazz. The Milky Way looks good in the night skies. The stars open a short from my dark eyes. Complex hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the sex. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. You're saying people are not getting the second car or they're not driving. Can you really see this kind of opening up? Just not, yeah, because we're talking about the inner north predominantly. Uh, do you know if, like, anywhere else around Melbourne and Victoria where this is, people are picking well, up the option? Yeah, so I, look, I think Bayside has been very successful as well. There's lots of cargo bikes down there. So, you know, people who probably work in somewhere like Moorabbin, places like that, which are really busy for cars and that bike infrastructure is terrible. People who live in, say, Sandringham could easily commute from there in closer to the city, but they, they're reluctant to because of the, the quality of the bike infrastructure. It's just not there to support them and they don't feel safe, so they don't do it. It's the biggest challenge, I see, to the uptake of it. You know, people understand why the bikes are expensive and unfortunately they're only getting more expensive because of all the supply chain issues. In comparison to having a car, or a car that you don't use very much. It's a cheap method of safe transport. Okay, have you had any um, input or experience with uh, the next kind of point of e-cargo bikes is like the, the freight and tenders and things like that? Have you seen much of that in the industry in Australia? We've tried really hard to work with commercial businesses. Uh, we've got bikes designed for that kind of use and we've had them for a long time. We found we do a lot of quotes, we get a lot of interest, but it just never kind of really takes off. You know, I think if they were to block the CBD to transport to traffic, that might create a market or create enough interest that you could make bikes with trailers and that kind of thing. All of this exists, bikes that could move large, heavy goods into in a city in a clean way. But at the moment, it's just too many vans, too many trucks, not going to change. Yeah, it's kind of also that paradigm of it's, you know, they've seen it as cheapest, fastest way to get things there, and reality is everyone else seems to think the same way too, and it's not. You talk about areas like Moorabbin and the like, and they're incredibly busy. For short to medium-term trips with a certain load factor, these things would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and look, they're doing it in lots of other cities, but it always requires commitment from government uh, an industry, we, we can still just keep driving here, even though you might sit in a traffic jam all day, it can still do your job. Uh, I think once it starts getting to the point where the cost benefits are there because of the cost of fuel being so outrageous, we don't see any of it really ever coming to fruition, which is a shame. 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing in Australia in terms of our attitude towards stuff like that, in terms of um, overseas, you will be familiar with like your last mile logistics and things like that. And in Australia, there's been kind of talk of last kilometre logistics of, you know, smaller, more personalised transport stuff. And we just keep on using fossil fuelled vehicles. Yeah, it doesn't seem to change. And then, and, you know, the whole transition to EVs, you know, it doesn't solve the problem. It makes it slightly less polluting in the short term. But one person driving to work in a giant car, it's just, it's just impractical. But over the next 20 years, we need to transition to be able to smaller vehicles. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, what we're talking about, with any form of bike, it's door-to-door. Go out for the evening. And sometimes my wife and I, we go out and she goes on the back of the bike because then it's just easy. We only have to take one bike and we just lock it up out the front. It transports an adult on the back easily. I'm just on the thing of that. Uh, i got to ask you, uh, security, obviously, with an expensive bike. Yes, look, that's definitely... When we first started selling cargo bikes, they were so unusual, no one stole them. As soon as the sort of more expensive cargo bikes came, they became a bit of a target for theft. It's definitely an issue. I wouldn't be leaving an expensive cargo bike locked up overnight anywhere. Good chains, D-locks, that kind of thing. It's pretty practical for most people. Uh, anything like an immobiliser? You can take the display off the bike easily enough so that the little screen, you just pop that off and you can take that and that would stop someone, even if they could steal it, being able to use the electric of it, but, but no, there's not really anything like that. You can unlock and take the battery with you, all those sort of things. I, I think for most people, if you were commuting into the CBD, you could lock a cargo bike up. I mean, the, the good thing about a cargo bike is you can carry a big lock easily because they've always got cargo capability. So we sell sort of fairly big chains that people tend to just throw in the basket in the front or strap on the bike and then they, they lock them up. And that's not too too big a How can uh, people who get in touch with you or you know, go for a, a ride or check out whatever you you know the display and the models you've got? Yeah, so our shop is in just on Lyg on the street in East Brunswick, on the corner of Glen Iron Road. So we're open Monday to Saturday. Come in and have a test ride. Uh, you can look us up online, cargocycles.com.au, or just Google Cargo Cycles. If anyone's curious about cargo bikes, come and have a chat with us. We love people to just come and have a look at what we've got, because it, it's always a surprise for people who are sort of new to it. They like the idea of sort of a front loader with a wooden box. We can give them the opportunity to try all those things in one place. Just come and have a look at it. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au Click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 
3CR on air. CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.